This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. last week anyway hey it's dave campbell and for reed wilkins let's get it back on the rails because <laughs> it's off the rails in the first 10 seconds of the show kellen kennedy you can't teach that you just cannot teach stuff like that you can't teach that no no we're, we're suffering from a little uh there's nothing going on in sports really today <laughs> we, we were discussing off air even at christmas time there's five NBA games on, on Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Yes. Yeah. Usually an NFL game. Usually something on Christmas and Eve. And then you have the hype on the hockey side for World Juniors, obviously, because they'd be yeah. playing their opener like on Boxing Day or whatever. And then That's right. to a lesser extent and to hockey nerds like myself, Spangler Cup's always a, a fun watch because you're you're seeing guys that used to play the NHL and all of a sudden they have these huge inflated numbers because they're playing in Europe and they're, you know, good over there. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. So, but, but this is the only day on the sports calendar really where there's nothing going on. There's been the odd yeah. Wednesday CFL game. Even, I mean, the Argos played a Wednesday CFL game. They probably played more than one right. over the last five, six years. And, uh, but today there's uh, not much going on at all. It'll get going tomorrow. Of course, the Elks take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats trying to break a 19 game home losing streak. We'll uh, dive into that and tell you about the cold hard numbers. <laughs> they are not pretty. As we all know, yeah, countdown to kickoff at 5.30. 7 o'clock is the kickoff right here on 6.30. Ched uh, from Commonwealth Stadium with uh, Brennan Escott, uh, Morley Scott, the cast of thousands including yours truly. Uh, There is one interesting uh, uh, development, or or I should say a sporting event happening, and we've talked about this. That is the uh, Canada Cup uh, U18 tournament that is in Edmonton playing at Foot Field, and Alberta will play a semifinal tonight at Foot against Quebec. Right now, the last score I have for you uh, in the other semifinal, the first semifinal, Saskatchewan, a 10-3 lead at the half over Ontario. The uh, bronze and gold medal games will go on Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium. So that is very cool. We had Shannon Donovan on the show on uh, Monday night. She's the executive director of Football Canada and uh, Edmonton with the uh, first ever bid for this event. It's now a bid process. It's not 
uh, Football Canada going, okay, you get it, and then you get it. No, you actually have to bid for it. So uh, good on Edmonton for doing that. And for the good folks at Football Alberta who have uh, <laughs> spared no expense at this, they have rolled out the, the the red carpet and they have gone above and beyond uh, as as the host here. So it's been really, really cool. And uh, next year, uh, international tournament comes so uh, to Edmonton. So this is kind of like a, a little bit of a of a test here for that event, but it's been a very good event so far. So uh, Alberta and Quebec, good luck to Alberta tonight as they uh, look for a berth in the final, in the second semifinal as they take on uh, Team Quebec. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks, shall we, and talk about the Edmonton Elks, who will take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Edmonton Elks looking for their first win of the season, the only team in the CFL right now without a win which is not good. They are 0-5. They haven't been 0-5 since 1965, okay? 19-game active home losing streak as well. That's the longest in CFL history in post-World War II play. Last home win, October 12, 2019, over the BC Lions. I'm not going to give you the days because they're useless to me. We did not play a season of 2020. We don't play for six months out of the year. Why are they counting days? It's ridiculous to me that they count days. There's my rant, Kellen. There is my rant. Woo! There you go. Um, the Elks have never been 0-6 to start a CFL season. You have to go back to 1936 when this organization was part of the Western Interprovincial Football Union. Oh. The WIFU. And they were 0-6 or worse in those seasons. I mean, the, the last documented 0-6 uh, start was back in 1938. Mm-hmm. So there you go. If the Elks lose tomorrow, uh, that's the first time ever they would be 0-6 in the CFL. Ah, well. That's that's, that's not good. <laughs> no, no, that's no, not good at all. Definitely, and I and I think the uh, I don't want to go beyond this week if they if they lose and that stuff, Davy. But uh, uh, I I we had um, uh, we had somebody on last last week uh, talk about uh, in in the lead up to the oh it was uh, um, Gord uh, Gord Murphy I think from Ottawa. And he, he had talked quickly about the uh, the super season. Oh, Gordon Wilson, yeah. Gordon Wilson, sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, he, t- he had talked about the, air quotes, super season 88 that the Ottawa Rough Riders had in 1988 where they only won two uh, games all season. I believe that's still the modern CFL record for futility in a season is yeah. only winning two. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's tough. So, this is out there as well in the Twitterverse. And Dave Naylor from TSN had a little bit of a feature on this streak. Uh, second longest in North American's pro sports history. Uh, right now tied at 19 with the uh, NBA's Dallas Mavericks, 93-94. One behind uh, 20 by the St. Louis Browns in 1953. This is bad. <laughs> <Where am I? laughs> this is bad, folks. Um, but you know what? The group has been confident this week, and I will give them credit. They have come to work from all accounts, and uh, they have, uh, you know, listened to the comments, talking to people. They are 
looking at this as an, another opportunity. Now, there is a concern that are they getting a little bit too comfortable with this current situation? Um, there is something called a losing culture, just as much as a winning culture. Winning culture, you find ways to win. Losing culture, you find ways to lose. And this team has found ways to lose. And in, uh, like I said to Chelsea, uh, art form level, you know, with the gaff by CJ Sims last week in, in Saskatchewan. But another opportunity exists. Can they beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Yeah, I think they can. Um, the Ticats coming off a 21-13 win over the Ottawa Red Blacks and look good in that game. You know, you got to consider the opponent as well. Uh, the Red Blacks consider the opponent. The Elks consider the opponent. The Ticats consider the opponent for tomorrow. Those are the three teams along with the Calgary Stampeders that are right now looking at each other going, hey, there's a path to the playoffs through these teams. And we're talking crossover now in the middle of, uh, you know, July 12th, uh, getting to the middle of July, which, you know, is awfully early, especially with 13 games to go. It's not do or die situation, but you, you got to try and keep pace as well. And if the Elks win tomorrow, they're uh, even with all of those teams, with the Stamps, with the Red Blacks, with the Tiger Cats. And they're right in the thick of the crossover race. Now they have to, at the end of the season, they have to have more points than the Red Blacks and the Tiger Cats if it's going to be them that you're trying to beat out. And, of course, the Stampeders in the mix as well. But you have to win that outright. Because right now you look at the pathway in the West, there really isn't one. I mean, they're, they're the next best team they can catch is um, a three-win team. That's the, that's the Lions. That's the Riders. Uh, Bombers, I believe that uh, they have three or four wins right now. I'm having a little bit of a brain cramp. You know what? In times of trouble, if you uh, have a little bit of uh, a brain fart like I am right now, you just go to the uh, CFL.ca website, which you can't find stats, but they do actually have the standings. Uh, there it is. There you go. So we have two four-win teams. Mm -hmm. We have one three-win team. Okay. The problem is, is that the Elks have lost two games to the Riders. So they lose the tiebreaker. Yeah. So that isn't going to help them very much. So it does look like the best path for the postseason at the moment is through the crossover. What does help the Elks? They've had a full week with the uh, schedule, which was compressed big time to start. Five games in 25 days, and if you shrink it even down further, it was three games in 12 days. They had a five-day prep week going into Ottawa after a home loss to the Argos. That included a long travel to Ottawa, then a long travel home, and the Red Blacks coming off a of bye week, and then a little bit longer prep week for the Riders, who were also coming off a of bye, but still a short week. So now they'll play five games in 36 days. So that is a lot more advantageous. Uh, Chris Jones on a compressed schedule now turning into a normal prep week. I like the quick games, you know, especially early. But, you know, uh, 3 and 12 is, is pretty tough, you know. So, anyway, the kids uh, have had a, a really good week. They've, they've prepped really hard. We had four really good days. And for the first time, we've had four in a row, you know, we had, you know, where the preparation was what I felt like was championship level. And uh, the 
game last week in Regina against the Riders, you know, it was over 550 or sorry, 350 yards of offense. Taylor Cornelius, 228 yards passing, one interception, no touchdowns. He was better in some respects. Now, the team did not give up a sack. I'll give Taylor Cornelius that and the offensive line. Better job of protection, but also better job of Taylor Cornelius getting on his horse and getting get moving, get out of the pocket if he had to. And that's the first time the Elks have not given up a sack in 17 games. You have to go back to a game in Montreal in mid-July of last season, the last time the Elks did not surrender a sack. But they were able to produce on the ground. They had 143 yards on the ground. And it was kind of a... You know, it was an interesting night. Kevin Brown had a four-yard rushing average. Uh, Shannon Brooks came into the game six times, uh, 20 yards, was more effective in in the pass game with a 31-yard play and one of the few explosion plays that the Elks were able to get that night. And then you had Taylor Cornelius, who had a 5.3-yard average, who uh, was very active with his feet. And Jones talked about uh, getting, on the, getting the run game involved more and getting uh, Cornelius moving. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, he's got the ability to extend plays and ability to move around in the pocket and uh, and throw the football. So that's uh, that's something that's a, a weapon for us when he decides that, you know, he needs to get out moving. And, and like I say, he runs a lot better than what people think. KB, we got him uh, going for the first time. And, you know, the time of possession at 34, I mean, if we do that on a consistent basis, we'll have success. So it was 369 yards of total net offense, 143 on the ground, 226 passing for the Elks. All of that from Taylor Cornelius, who, um, again, looked better. I think the movement in the pocket is the way to go. Uh, Getting the run game involved, uh, Taylor Cornelius has to be better at uh, locating the football. According to Pro Football Focus, which um, has partnered with the CFL this year, and I I think they do really good work, is uh, Taylor Cornelius threw three interceptable passes. One was intercepted at the end of the game by Nick Marshall. The other two, I believe they were to uh, Maurice French, both in double coverage and uh, very close to being intercepted and obviously deemed interceptable by uh, pro football focus. So Taylor Cornelius has to be careful. Uh, I think at delivering the football and being more accurate to be, to be brutally honest. And that's been the issue with Taylor Cornelius. He's, he's a career high 50% passer and will it get any better? Uh, I really don't know, but at the moment he, he appears to be their best option. I know a lot of people saying, what about Trey Ford? And, it's a little puzzling to me because it seems like there's a bit of a divide between Chris Jones and Trey Ford as far as, you know, how one feels the other should be used or how, you know, Trey Ford feels he should be used by Chris Jones. And uh, right now, not looked at as, you know, the top two options on this team. It's Taylor Cornelius and the backup right now is Jared Nagy. And Khalil Tate is not on the roster. So Trey Ford will dress as the number three quarterback. So, Interesting development there. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that and see if that changes. But uh, how about stopping the run? For the first time, the Elks held a team to under 100 yards rushing. So did anything change, Chris Jones, going into last week's game? No, it's just executed. And again, the game was tight. So in the fourth quarter, they can't just, you know, run the ball every play. I mean, so sometimes those fourth quarter rushing yards, you know, in a game where you're you're down, you know, more than a touchdown, I mean, it can be a, a misnomer, you know. I mean, we've done a good job at times early in the game stopping the run. But, uh, you know, if we control the time of possession and run the football effectively, we'll have success. 
All right. And as far as the lineup is concerned, uh, AC Leonard, defensive end, who had three sacks last week. First time that's happened in a game since Kwaku Botang did it during the 2018 season. The record, by the way, is uh, Melvin Big Game Hunter back in 1998. They had four in a game. Uh, but Leonard uh, appeared on the injury report yesterday. Questionable for to, uh, tomorrow's game with a hamstring injury. He is listed as a starter, so he is good to go. And there'll be changes on the offensive line. Uh, David Foucault goes back from right tackle to left guard. I think, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, le- uh, left side is a lot more, I think, comfortable for David Foucault. And here comes Brett Boyko, who did take reps at right tackle last week, didn't play. He was the sixth offensive lineman. So he will start at right tackle. Here's uh, Taylor Cornelius on Boyko's first start at, on, at uh, right tackle. No, it doesn't. We, you know, uh, he he's had a great, you know, week of prep. Obviously, you know, he was here last week as well, uh, getting to to know the system and understand it more and more. Uh, you know, we feel comfortable with him out there and, and excited to see what he does. And David Foucault gets to move over to his regular position at guard, and that probably strengthens everybody. Yeah, definitely. You know, he he feels way more comfortable at guard. Not that he can't play right, uh, but he's just done it for so long, and uh, we're excited to have him back. Yeah, it's not that he can't play right. He just he's more comfortable on the left side and there's times where he has struggled on the left side, but he's a lot more comfortable on the left side. So uh, the other uh, notable change is Sam Achimpong will make his uh, debut in green and gold. He was acquired uh, by the Elks for a fourth round pick or fifth round pick in 2024 CFL draft and a Nagless player uh, going to the Argos and Achimpong, a draft pick in 2020 had his best season as a pro under Chris Jones in 2021 when Jones was the defensive coordinator for the Argos. So uh, Achimpong will play. So that will uh, have uh, that will put three Canadians on uh, the defensive uh, rotation with uh, Jamin Pelly, who's having a pretty good season, and Noah Curtis, who I think is starting to really, really come on here. So it's uh, 5.30, countdown to kickoff tomorrow, 7 o'clock between the Ticats and Elks, and the Elks trying to break a couple streaks. A nine-game losing streak dating back to last season and a 19-game home losing streak. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. Uh, Kellen Kennedy, what do you got coming in? A uh, quick one here before we go off to the newsroom. Uh, big bald Tyler texts in and says, Hey Dave, love listening to you and Morley calling the games. Between you two, I can follow about two-thirds of what's going on. With no idea of football terminology, I've heard about five games in my lifetime. Keep it up on our boys. If they play like they did in Regina and clean up the little things, like not ca- catching a ball, I'll be hopeful. Look forward to listening in tomorrow night from, well, Big Ball. Tyler. I appreciate that very much. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got to pull positives, right? You got to pull positives out of even a loss. And this, the tough part is, is that this team has been pulling a lot of positives out of losses and it gets kind of tiresome. You got another one quickly there, Kellen? Uh, hit me back a little bit later on in the show. Okay. They're coming in fast and furious now. So we'll do that a little later on. Sounds good. We will uh, bandy this about a little bit more with uh, Brendan Escott, who is the broadcast host of Edmonton Elks Football here on 630 Chat, also the producer of Oilers Now. I want to ask him a couple of Oilers-related questions as well, but uh, we'll definitely focus on the uh, Elks and Tiger Cats tomorrow. 
And a little bit later on in the uh, second hour, we'll introduce you to a couple of local boxers. Uh, one, Ethan Halabi, who uh, graduated just last month, high school. And this uh, middleweight boxer will make his pro debut on Saturday at River Creek. That's a pretty cool story. It is Campbell in for Wilkie on 630 Chet Inside Sports.